Hello, everybody. My name is Dion Morales, your host of the Gold Squadron Podcast. We're coming to you live from episode 247 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Marcel. Take more than a thief. <laughs> takes more than a thief to ruin our fun. Reading is hard. Yes, it is. Will co-pilot Higwood. Oh, I am on already muted. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and Ryan, I'm a stats man, Stan Azuski. My small contribution to LVO in helping not only our podcast and fly better for their cast. You guys did all the real work, though. <laughs> we did it together. It takes a village. So, um, we are live here after having a week three days of live X-Wing. Um, so exciting. It's so exciting. It is great to be, uh, to, to have been in that energy again is fantastic. There you go, Will. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. So uh, everybody who was watching live, thank you so much. It, it was great to have you there. And uh, we're going to talk about the event for sure. But I want to talk about a narrative that that had been kind of simmering under the surface and i feel like we have sufficiently kind of slapped it around follow me here um this x-wing event this live x-wing event had more people watching it than even the last live event we had in 2020 so, the statement I want to make is, with the number of people we had there, we know that all the tickets sold out. Even though everybody didn't show up, because, you know, different various levels of comfort, which 100% understandable. All the tickets sold out. Nearly 1,000 people watching at its peak. I think Alex, I think X-Wing is alive and well, friends. That's, that's, would, that's, would, that's one thing I want to say. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and, and it was a lot of... Um pent up uh um i don't know how to like not anxiety or there was a lot of pent up desire to watch live uh, uh, like a a legit event uh at least on this side of the pine i know that europe's had a couple um for a long time you, you mean an in-person event yes in-person event uh and and yeah it was it was great and sorry if my voice is a little weird i got a Every time I go to Vegas, I come back with like messed up throat. I think it's all the dryness and oxygen. It's, in there. it's, it's no. this for me. I think it's, a, it's all the cigarette junk in the air. I get a little ah, 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 too. Yeah, I'm good. I come back and it's oh, always yeah, like it's terrible. Like, Jeez, drinking like man. Yeah, tea with honey. And <laughs> it's just, Will's like, um, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel great. Uh, better than ever, honestly. <laughs> mm hmm. I did get tested today just because I was like all sore and stuff. Yeah, same, I, same here. Yeah, yeah, so everything's good. So, mm -hmm. so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, same here. Uh, you know, we. One of the other things I wanted to to say, like a big thumb up to to the community, everybody who was there, is um, 
there was a really strong commitment of like, listen, we're going to be really strict with these rules, but it's going to make it so that we keep everybody comfortable and hopefully there's there's no no covid issues that have happened and it was great to see the x-wing community stay strong with that throughout the entire event it was it was really encouraging i can't talk about other games but i know the x-wing fam we did it so love to see that love to see that so uh today the plan is we're going to be breaking down the top cut lists stanny got some uh some stats for us we're going to kind of start with that what showed up at the event and uh what did well we're going to talk about our champion um and and a conspiracy that's bubbling up there's a conspiracy I have a picture to show you, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Is it really GSP if it's not hashtag rigged? Hashtag rigged, okay. Our champion was the one and only. Let's go ahead. We're just going to start with this. I want to congratulate him. Daniel Lim, a.k.a. Isofane is the champion of the fly better open at the las vegas open absolutely amazing congratulations let's get some iso iso isos in the chat uh and if you've been listening to to gold squadron uh for at least a couple weeks you probably have heard the name isophane pretty awesome to know that uh one of gsp's biggest supporters if not the biggest supporter uh winning and taking down our first big in-person event uh here in the u.s uh absolutely awesome absolutely awesome so uh, I, if you, those of you at home, will do our best, and who are listening only and not looking at pictures, we'll do our best to uh, paint you a picture with our words. But this, in this picture, uh, is a dinner party. People who went out to dinner together. Uh, we have all the judges, the streamers, the runner-up, and the champion all at one table. Collusion? You decide. But. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of X-Wing weekend, absolutely. Being the fam, hanging out together, uh, it was great. It was absolutely great. All right, uh, Stanny, you got some stats and stuff. Where where do you want to start? Uh, I think we should look at overall numbers, right? Faction breakdown. Um, I put this together through a combination of Ryan Farmer, uh, having a documentation of lists and Nathaniel May who went through along with maybe a couple other people that actually took those lists that were just those great and I think you guys were there they had the physical copies of lists right so someone had to take pictures of those yep and translate them into Yasby links to then input later in the list fortress but this was before list fortress had it available so I went through checked all the factions and the ship counts. Those are the two main things we wanted to look at. Um, this is a very interesting small pocket of event meta that we would see because after this, it's just going to be the brand new rules, right? Mm -hmm. This is a trend. These are the trends we could see and what could translate further on. So uh, as we can see, our total players is 149. We had Rebels showing up the most as Maybe we kind of expected them to perform the best, but they at least showed up the most. Mm -hmm. 25, a little over 25% of the entire event. So out of seven whole factions, one of them occupied one-fourth of the entire Swiss meta. 
which was huge. Uh, next after that was kind of a tie between the two sequel factions, Resistance and First Order at, at 25, with about just under 17% being 16.8. Then we had the Separatist with 12%. We had Empire with about 11, 11.5%. And then we had Scum and Republic tied at the bottom with 8.7% of it being at 13. I was kind of surprised being seeing Scum that low, to be honest. I wasn't surprised mm-hmm. that Republic was that low, but I was pretty surprised that Scum was low. I would have to imagine, like, I think the, uh, the diehard Scum players uh, are so used to having uh, those uh, where we're, we have referred to as extended ships, you know, mm-hmm. Kimojilas, IGs, squad jumpers, right? Um, so it, the black box format may have restricted that kind of uh, freedom of list building, whereas the sequel factions and uh, especially the prequel factions have almost every ship available to them. Yep. And from there, uh, I compiled what was in the cut. So their cut rate. Um, we actually saw that uh, the highest cut rate was separatists with six rep- six people bringing separatists representing the top would eventually turned out to be 28 cut. It was 28 because this was a graduated cut. So everyone that was X and one, meaning four and one, because there were five rounds each day, uh, would move on and they would develop a cut after that, giving anyone buys necessary to finish out the total of what would make sense, which would be 32 in this case. Um, so after that, we had Rebels showing up with five, but they had one of the lowest cut rates at 13.2 because they had so much taken in the overall event. A uh, bunch of ties in there next. We had Empire and Resistance with uh, four, but Empire was one of the higher representations, at least cut success with 23.5%, uh, twenty just over 23% with Scum and Republic. Republic actually showed up pretty well. Uh, First Order ended up being the worst, though, with 12% of successful cut rate, only showing up three. And uh, I none of those three, if I recall correctly, this isn't in the stats, it's just my memory, none of those three even had Kylo. No. No, they were three completely different archetypes, those First Order lists. It's something that we were talking about on stream uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll get to that later in the cut, which is very interesting that the only first order list that got in were non-Kylos and they had the worst cut rate. So whether or not there wasn't enough use of Kylo Silencer and people trying new things out or some other sauce works. We may have been wrong. <laughs> now, one of the things I wanted to do now, and people uh, people want us, they, they love for us to take take our takes from the past and compare them to what actually happened. So uh, if we take a quick peek at our faction rankings from last week, here we'll, we'll take a look that way. All right. Um, you know, we we were all pretty confident that we thought the Rebels were going to do well. Uh, we had five of them get in the cut overall. But I think the one that I noticed the most is Marcel's confidence in the Empire. Not because, Let's be honest. Mostly it was because he was flying Empire. But, you know, he accidentally stumbled upon being right. Because in the top four, all the way to the top four, we had two Empire lists right there. It was not accidentally. 
Right, right. Uh, completely and, planned. Yeah. 100% planned. <laughs> oh, we'll get into the fact planned. that it's, it's very interesting the two lists that did end up showing. And I think uh, beyond Marcel calling the Empire correctly, I think the rest of us are pretty close or spot on that the Separatists were the other faction to occupy the other half of our top four. Oh, yeah. Sep separatists, they're, they're not going anywhere. And, you know, looking, that's another thing. We also saw uh, some, a decent amount of variety within the separatists. I'm excited to actually go through and, and take a peek at the list here. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about ship count first, like for the overall event before we, uh, we dive into the specific list for the top cut? Sure, we can do that. Um, a lot of the numbers are pretty similar to what we're used to seeing. Four ship was the highest taken. Next up was actual. Now this was a little more of a surprise. Three and five ship lists had the exact same amount taken at thirty six each, occupying just at twenty four about twenty four percent. Which that's a lot of five ship lists. It's, I think that is a definite increase of what we're used to seeing. They usually float closer to around twenty percent. Mm -hmm. Once you get closer to twenty five, this is definitely at some of their peak levels of being brought to events. Um, but everything else, I believe, is a little bit closer. Maybe some of those five ships took away from the twos. The twos are a little bit low, I think. Uh, they normally occupy closer to about 10% and to 15 sometimes. They actually drop down to eight. Uh, a lot of people probably concerned about uh, the world of road and trying to say, I'm going to take two ships and be able to be okay with no mm -hmm. matter what happens, which can be rough. And then everything from six to eight is about average numbers. You're looking at anywhere from five or less percent across the board. But the cut rate is a whole nother story. Because four ship was so heavily taken, it's hard for it to generate a high cut rate as it is, mm -hmm. which means it does have the lowest cut rate. Only six lists out of the 52 four ship lists made cut, which is just under 12, or it's at 11 and a half percent. Um, now, it's, it, it's very easy for the high ship counts to generate a high cut rate because there's so few of them. Mm -hmm. Example, from six ship to eight ship, it was 40% or higher. It was 40%, 50%, 50%. Mm -hmm. Because you had five, six ship lists, you had four sevens, two eights, and you had a cut where uh, half of those uh, seven and eights being one, eight, two sevens, and then only two of the five, six ship lists that made it through. So um, while some of them, are, not not to take away anything from them, mm -hmm. it is just, as you look at that number, it's easy to jump to that be like, wow, that's really good. Mo mostly because there's not a lot there to pull from, but right. we see across the board that there wasn't a pocket. It's not like there was a single singular seven ship list or two seven ship lists that were like, all right, we're at the 50% and then a six and an eight didn't do anything across yep. the board. They all had some solid results. They all, now, they all performed. Mean, they got somewhere in there. Does this mean swarms are going to translate continually once we get all the bump rules and scenarios? I don't know. It's a good trend so far. People are, should try, but we'll see. Yeah. And I, I don't think that it's, um, I think that is this it's it's I think you were trying to say that it's not statistically significant because there's such you know such few eight ships such few four ship I mean there's uh, eight seven and six I think it is I think it's a it, it it is a sign because even if you add those up um they're all I mean the six seven and eight ship lists were basically batting 500 
And I was one of those six ship lists. And I played Duncan Howard, who made it to the final, and Duncan is Duncan, to make the cut. We were played round five. We were both three and one. And he and he eliminated me in a close match. So it could have easily been like 50%. And I'm pretty sure there was other ones that were like that as well. But what I'm saying is, just from what's there, even if you only have two ships that, that, that brought it, uh, mm-hmm. eight, and one of them makes it, like that's that's significant. That means that uh, in the current rules, and it's it, it's a good medical. If you bring a lot of ships, you're probably going to do well. Um, you have at least by the numbers. If you bring six or more ships, you're going to have about a fifty percent shot of making it. So that I think is um, is significant. But I, that is also something that I don't think will carry over into into um, into the new rules with the bump. I mean, you never know. But you know, I think it's I think in yeah. independent calculating vultures will see an uptick. Uh, that, Possibly that's, because of that's what I'm leaning on rocks and they're not moving to bump each other. Mm-hmm. But um, like I personally took sensitive controls to avoid bumping myself, and I still ended up like running into myself half of the time. Okay, it's just when you have so many ships, it's just really hard to avoid you know, running into yourself. Um, it's just so much out there. It's just, right. it's just a bump train. So I don't think that outside of the droid or outside of the droids or outside of ships that have a way of, you know, another example of something that might be able to survive is like the, um, initiative one BB T seventies mm-hmm. that, you know, Oh, I'm going to bump. Okay. I'm going to BB myself that way and ensure I don't bump myself or things like that. Um, other than that, I don't see like the interceptors, the tie fighters. I think you bring a small block kind of like that defender and four. I think you bring like a block of two or three to just draw fire away, but you don't, you don't do the traditional big block anymore. Uh, if you're potentially going to take a third of, you know, a third of about 33% of your, health in, in an accidental bump. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Now, Dion, if you'd like to, feel free. The link that I have in our notes, pass that on to GSP, whether it's in the Discord or in the chat, if you want, to let anyone mm-hmm. dig deeper into all the numbers, since I do have uh, broken out numbers for each day of Swiss, which you'll kind of see an interesting ebb and flow of how things all ended up coming together. But was there anything that you or Will as well, anything that kind of stood out when you looked through all the numbers? So, I mean, the the fact that we did have one of the one of the things that has been pretty consistent, it, it was mostly with uh, with these separatists uh, swarms that you usually don't see too many of them brought overall, and they usually do well. I mean, it just it goes back to what we were saying or what Marcel was saying is like, hey, you bring a lot of ships, you got a good chance, but there is that obviously not everybody who brought a bunch of ships make make it into the cut you got that variance maybe you're losing a bunch of ships uh you know what we had the, the players that did make it in uh you know they they have a balance of you know a good a good list calls good set of tech within within themselves and an understanding of how to fly those ships 
I would I would guess, you know, nobody you can't just go and say, all right, seems like swarms are good. Let's take it and go win. I don't I, that sounds like a bad idea. You need to you probably should practice uh, a little bit before you try to take something like that to an event. Yeah, that's what I from taking this data and, uh, you know, mixing in with what I saw there. The people who were running swarms, like uh, most notably uh, uh, Paul Olson and Isofane, uh, is the two that uh, I know who have been. I mean, Paul Olson's been running vulture swarms since way back before 2019 Worlds, where he'd done very well with it. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing to Isofane. Isofane's been running uh, this uh, steer droid swarm. I mean, variations of it, right? But ever since uh, the network calculations, or sorry, independent calculations uh, released, uh, I noticed that he's been trying different things with it, practicing, studying it. And it. Uh, this information is telling me that those uh, who are still committed to big numbers and big swarms and are comfortable doing it can still find success no matter what the meta is. Uh, as long as you, that this old saying of fly what you know, and, uh, these people are still doing it and still finding success with it. So um, that would be my big takeaway from it as far as, like I said, like mixing that kind of uh, information. I think the biggest surprise for me though is, yeah, the, the bigger, um, or uh, pe people still utilizing the two ship build which I find very interesting uh, because for a long time we were seeing that the numbers were going up and up and up, right? We were floating mm -hmm. more towards uh, over four as being the average. So uh, it's uh, very interesting that we got both ends of the spectrum, even though we were saying uh, the middle is more consistent. So very interesting there. All right. Well, I think it's a it's a time we've been waiting for. Let's go ahead and start taking a look at these lists. We're going to be starting with our our overall winner. We're starting at the top and going from there. Let's go ahead and we're going to take take the Yasby look here for uh, for this one, just because it's so many ships. Right there, Daniel Lim's champion squad. All right, there. Let's go ahead and break it down. We have, you know what, Ryan, you are our, our resident sworn player. I think you should have the honors. Go ahead, take it. So we have uh, Captain Seer with Solus One and Pervium Plating and opting for K2B4 for the tactical relay, the 5.1 that says, while defending, you may spend a calculate to add and evade unless the attacker takes a strike. Um, being that there's independent calculations available, that makes these droids potentially very defensive on top of, and we'll get to it, uh, the fact that there are three Separatist drones that have also Discord missiles. So you also have the ability to spend your Calculate for Discords and still have a Calculate on your ship to spend for, say, K2B4 or spend for Seer's ability. Usually, we're used to seeing a lot of these droid swarms not be able to have a lot of resources to spend their own calculate for these special abilities, but with independent calculations on all of his separatist drones, he's got two more. 
with grappling struts and independent calculations. All of them got struts, uh, zero cost, as we should be should know. Um, and then to top it off, his final droid is the Vulture DFS three one one, with just independent calculations. Who is a I one? So he's got an I one, I two seer, and then the I three drone. So he's got to maneuver very particularly to make sure that they all don't get in each other's way because he's got some of the supporter ships at a lower initiative that generally kind of backline sometimes to make sure they keep their support instead of being focused on. But DFS 311 passing that calculate to whoever Danielim Isophane feels like needs it the most that could stack three calculates to do Discord missiles, K2B4, and Seer on a singular droid in one round if he felt the need to. And right there in the, in the chat, Isophane, uh, you know, b echoing echoing what you're saying there. DFS three one one is the hero of the squad. His ability let him toss a calculate to the ship that needs it the most. Yeah, I mean it's it's super I mean, efficient. It's really it was really cool to see how he flew it. I remember uh, Will. I think we were commentating a game mm -hmm. together when he played in Galaxies, where he he found that rock where it was a spot to oh, just be yeah. the quarterback mm -hmm. and just be like, all right, who needs it? Yeet. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, the the combination of grappling instructs and independent calculations really helps him out. So that way he's not kind of left all alone. But really uh, what I like about it is because Seer is a big investment and is investing in K2B4 as well, without 311, that Bulbaleb couldn't use either one of those abilities. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't think we caught it on camera, but being able to like sling Seer a defensive calculator, even if he's got one lined up in a bullseye, he could use his own ability, uh, which I think is uh, very helpful. Good That's point. true. I actually didn't remember that that was a thing that he could do. That is also very helpful for himself. That three die attack crack shot for himself or four die if it's range one. And uh, Daniel reporting that for him, Captain Seer was a tank. Never went down in any of his matches. Completely undefeated. N not a scratch. I mean, maybe a few scratches, but at least he didn't explode. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. Now, whenever we see a, uh, a list win an event... There is usually an uptick of people trying it. Now I know that we're gonna we're th to, this event was X-wing 2.25, right? We're transitioning into 2.5. We're gonna have scenarios around the corner. Um, I know that there is the uh, the Sith Taker open coming up in a couple weeks. Whenever we see a list win, there's usually an uptick of people trying it. Um, I don't know if I would recommend somebody taking this on a whim. Is is what is was where I'm trying to get to. I wouldn't just try to just try to go win uh, win win some games with this. Uh, try it out first. Uh, absolutely awesome squad. Has a lot of tools, but if you're not, and I think probably what what lives and dies for this squad is if you if you lose your actions, uh, you're you're gonna be you're, it's gonna be a bad day. Yeah, I mean. Uh Go ahead, Will. Uh, I was just going to build upon that, is that uh, normally we see these vulture swarms, especially the network calculation ones, very boxy, very huddled together. And I think in uh, the matches that we saw Isophane 
uh, fly this weekend, he was doing like either pairs or small groups and really spreading out, taking mul multiple lanes mm -hmm. uh, to prevent himself from just getting all blocked all at once um, and be able to open up those the blue maneuvers because they have so few to actually clear the stress. You need to make sure that those lanes are going to be open. You're saying though, Ryan? So, and I also saw in, in Isofane was, was only streamed once or multiple times. I'm going to make sure. One okay. time. We got, so no, in, he, was it twice? What was our top four game? Because it oh, wasn't yeah. Duncan. You're oh, right. Yeah. So, it had to be two <laughs> so it was twice. It was twice. Yeah, I was going to say, Duncan, Duncan doesn't do stream unless he's in finals. That's right. So, uh, I did notice a few times, uh, if people are looking to pick this list up, don't feel forced or think it's always the it's always the right choice to do the independent calculations. Uh, there were plenty of times I saw Daniel utilize the still the barrel roll link to calculate, really good link to use for the droids, or take those locks when you have the capability. I saw in the game he played against the Imperial Aces in the top four, it was only the first turn where they were like kind of breaking off from their first engagement and separating and not really disengaging, but trying to get back around. Mm -hmm. It wasn't trying to like take the calculates. As long as you know who, who they're, who they want to get, who their target is, which if they're in the back line past the storms, it probably is DFS three, one, one or seer, uh, take those advantage locks while you can know, yeah. know that you have other actions other than like, just because I have independent calculations, I need to be spamming my double calculates. It's not correct all the time. And I think that's one of the other reasons, one of the things that I really liked about Daniel's play in this tournament. In the two games that we saw, uh, one versus Jesse Van Wink and one versus Duncan Howard, there were... There was there were some 50-50 decisions with, all right, what ship is he going to go after? And he, in both cases, if I'm remembering correctly, I remember once it was, it seemed the positioning like he was going to be able to chase after Django Fett in the final, and he turns everybody into Maul, and it has that opportunity to take Maul out. And I forget which one of the aces he did that to. I think it was Vader. Darth Vader X1, where he was able to come around and just turn the entire swarm on it when Jesse had kind of set up a uh, a kiting. Like, hey, come come chase Soontier. It's going to be fine. I promise. You'll catch him. Right? And, and not falling for that. That is some high-level player decisions to be able to realize, I'm not going to chase when I can just get the guy who's, uh, who's probably going to be a lot closer to shoot. So that is Daniel's list. Congratulations again to Daniel for getting the dub. Absolutely awesome. Let's go ahead and uh, and and keep looking at some lists. So uh, our runner-up, Duncan Howard, with another separatist squad. Separatist on top today at this uh, at this list. Uh, Isofane says, Dion, you give me too much credit. Hey, fam, you made the right decision two times. We were talking about it in the booth. We we're like, listen, don't chase this ship. Go over here. You did it twice, and that's why you won. Because if you would have chased Duncan, if you would have chased Jangle Fett into the corner on the turn where you turned into Maul instead, you would have lost the game. Flat out. I think you would have lost. So it worked out, baby. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Marcel, what did Duncan bring? So Duncan brought uh, a two-ship Separatist list. Uh, he's got Django Fett, 
with Lone Wolf, Count Dooku, uh, Proton Bombs. And then he brought Darth Maul with Hate, Proton Torpedoes, Palpatine, and General Grievous. Um, and that, uh, and that's it. But that hate and Palpatine combination is, 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 is really good. Um, the side that gives stress. So after you defend, you can spend the force to give a stress. So basically when somebody shoots you with hate, uh, you don't care how much force you have because you're just going to recoup it. And then you just give that person stress. So with a ship like Darth Maul that has a hard time escaping, um, or surviving constant fire by keeping everybody stressed. It, it, it basically gives you a couple turns to be able to get behind them and and just keep the um, keep the opponent uh, a little bit predictable because of you know th- they're stressed. They can't they mm-hmm. can't turn and it has a, enough life to where they have to do that consistently. So it makes Darth Maul uh, for that one agility ship. It just makes Darth Maul um, very survivable. And, of course, it hits very hard because it's attacking with, at Initiative 5 with Proton Torpedoes, can potentially attack twice, and is rolling around with 4 force. So you can just move, target lock. You have 4 force available to you. If you roll your torpedo well, then might as well just spend the 2 force to shoot again because um, if they shoot you back, you're just going to get all that back anyway. So you're not... Uh, it's one of the few ships that will not be four-starved the, the entire match. And then, uh, of course, Django. Um, with the fall of Zam, everybody, I think everybody knows, or everybody at this point has seen the value of Django and how good that ability is. It's um, I know when I played him on, on Friday, uh, that was at the top of my head every single turn. It's like, blue maneuver, blue maneuver, blue maneuver. That and constantly being stressed from Palpatine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of a, a gimme but um yeah really good two ship list uh and to me it feels like a, a really good two ship list that we'll probably see a lot of in with the new rules again we don't know the the um the scenario play but from my understanding the scenario play is basically just encouraging engagement mm-hmm. and killing stuff idea- still good yeah, and if your idea is, okay, I'm going to go collect these points over here, and, and you get nuked by a proton torpedo, I, I think the the one that 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 survives is still going to be the one that wins at the end, you know, even with any of those. So really good list. I think it'll 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 only get better with the Mando and and all the other new toys that are coming out in the next month or two. So um, I'd expect to see more of it now. Similar to Isofane's list, this is not something that that you know you are going to just pick up and do well with. You, you've got to have some experience with it. I remember uh, Duncan was flying um, the double. Uh, what are the double the, infiltrators? The, yeah, the double infiltrators and doing well with that. So he's 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 had experience and practice with with lists like that. So he he's. And also, it's Duncan. He's pretty good with most things. Not everybody has that an innate ability to just pick up something new and and be good with it pretty quickly. I think one of the the two main points that kind of stood out when I when I talked to him online throughout his experiences in the event is that yeah, that Palp crew was massive in a lot of matchups because what it will do is 
when people want to K-turn or turn back around to shoot at Maul, they can't. They're stressed. So Maul gets to do his one of his the best maneuvers, his 5K. Make sure he gets behind, starts chasing behind the things. And even ships like Vader. Vader does not want to be stressed. Uh, that Palp crew has been one more of the key aspects to defeating other Defender Vaders that want to just burn down Maul. Um, and the Count Dooku crew, because... Duncan, because he has a medium and a large base ship, is bringing gas clouds and just making sure that, you know, not likely to roll the crit, so he'll still get his action over clouds, so he'll just get strained, which isn't too bad for a very healthy Maul and a Django who still gets to boost, who might get out of shots. But he said he had a game where he uh, got the crit ion on a Ray and Poe in the same game. At, that had to go over wow clouds. i mean it, when you can guarantee it that's a sad time mm-hmm. yeah i never thought about using those gas clouds offensively with dooku like that yeah that's pretty spicy actually i mean it is if you think about um ionizing a, a large base ship it's just uh a large base ship that's ionized in most situations will just be completely out of commission for for a while and depending on where that uh, debris is might not even be able to get back in the game without getting off the board. Yeah, could be a death sentence off the board, or could be another one straight right onto another obstacle that actually stops it from shooting. <sighs> Dirty. Oh man, just Disgusting. yeah, you could just follow you around and be like, and you're ionized, and you're ionized. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Pro, pro tip: don't hit the obstacles. <laughs> All right, there there it is. But yeah, absolutely agree. The, the combination of those two gives a lot of control. And I, I want to talk a little bit about Maul in this uh in this setup here. It's a it's a pilot bonus attacks are good. We know that from Zam, right? Um but the one of the powers against high ship count list is we actually saw maul do it to daniel if i'm not mistaken he was like proton torpedo that ship is dead bonus attack that ship is dead you have the potential with low health low agility ships like vulture droids uh if you get the right rolls and you have the mods available which he's got the force he's got lone wolf out there uh you could do a lot of damage you could clear a couple ships a turn and i think maul's my understanding of the list, at least, is Maul's job is to make sure that you get his points worth, which I think was 97. Get 97 points worth of stuff or more, ideally more, dead, and Django cleans it up. Because that's what fl- fire sprays are, are great endgame ships. Uh, with one agility, Darth Maul will go down. But man, uh, really, really awesome. And uh, yeah, Isofane confirming he did kill two vultures in a single turn uh, with that double attack. So you, watch out. That has a lot of teeth. And, and I think with the reason, one of the reasons we haven't been seeing it is because you have to commit a, a chunk of points, nearly 100 points, to that mall. And if you don't have a good pairing, which Django is a great one, um, he's going to die. Like you can't Darth Maul and is not cannot in my opinion be the main part of your list it is support in a way to to get you to the end game because it doesn't have an end game really yeah he's your um he's your janors i mean he's he's the one that's going to be out there and cost that spike damage Mm -hmm. and eventually when you get rid of that spike damage and those by then your main the core of your list is is what's going to 
win the end game and that's um i think that's what you're trying to say it's just it's it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not the core of the list it's it's um it's hard to say that out of out of ninety seven points, but it's not. No, it's, it's not. No, it's a, like yeah. the the math makes it feel like what? It's not my end game ship. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a it's a bridge. It's a bridge to where you gotta go. All right, now let's keep it going. Here we're gonna start moving a little quicker through these. In our top four spots, we have two imperialists. Doug Howe bringing not. I mean that's Darth Vader. Rod clicked on the wrong one. Vader. In the Defender and a bunch of those Academy TIE Fighters. Uh, this was a list that we also saw uh, Tyler Tippett bring as well. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else brought the exact same list. But uh, proving that it does have some legs. It does have some legs, but just like anything else, you know, it can fall to variance. Um, and we did see Tyler uh, play a game we got to see we didn't get to see doug play on stream but we did get to see tyler play and you could see how strong vader defender could be but when people be rolling natties three turns in a row that can make vader pretty sad uh, but <laughs> it, it ends up happening but uh it's it's a solid list you got vader who's your main punching power and the academy pilots are trying to get vader to the end game Right, that's uh, that's your end game piece. So really solid list. Uh, would love to uh, pick Doug's brain and talk about some of his matchups uh, later on. Then we got Jesse Van Wick bringing a an Imperial squad that. Let me back up. People told me I heard on the internet that Imperial aces were bad. Now, because of road. Was it all a lie, Will? Was it all a lie? Uh, no, they are, turns out, just as good as ever. Or can be, anyways. They can't be just as good as ever. I don't can- think the internet lied. I think they were just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. <Fair. laughs> made made too, too strong a prediction too early. <laughs> all right uh will can you go ahead and break down that list for me all right so these imperial aces uh that is soon tier fell uh, with predator and shield upgrade loves those bullseyes so predator natural pairing there uh darth vader with afterburners uh it's the only thing holding him back is the lack of boost action because uh, he hits like a truck uh then uh the the piece i questioned all the time but jesse was flying them uh, to the best of the, uh, that Chassis can ha- bring is Duchess uh, and the TIE Striker. I uh, got Predator because um, the ship doesn't have a target lock, so why not double modify? Uh, then Fifth Brother and Shield Upgrade to keep it on the board longer. We normally end up doing like uh, Evade and then uh, rely on uh, the Force Point for another defensive modification when getting shot at. Uh, but the Jesse was doing a great job. The ability for Duchess to turn on and off those ailerons, uh, especially before like uh, fast maneuvers or sloops, right? I uh, can really change the position of where that front arc ship is going to be. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm. I go back and forth on Duchess. I'll, I'm glad to see that it did very well, um, but that's that's not the third ace I would have chosen. 
It's it's a definitely a different style. You have to Jesse. We got to see him play twice on stream. You gotta be cagey. You gotta be cagey with Duchess. Most of the time, her action is evade unless you know for certain nobody can shoot at her. If one person could shoot at me, I'm taking an evade. And you have the force there to hopefully back it up. You ain't taking any risks uh, with that. And one of the things that Jesse talked about well, when I when I got to talk to him a little bit was normally when I actually built out his list on Yasby just without thinking about it too much, I actually had put proximity mines originally instead of shield upgrade accidentally. And it's like, dude, normally I was flying with proximity mines, but... I just can't he said I can't take the risk anymore. I like the damage on it. We're just gonna go with the shield upgrade. And he said the shield upgrade had been money. Absolute money. And he's not trying to bid anymore. So, you know, it's it's one of those he'd rather keep that keep the health there and uh and keep Duchess around as long as possible. You you mentioned that actually that's one thing I wanted to talk about uh for the the Imperial Aces. Uh this list uh, would have never brought those two shield upgrades in the past. Nope. It would have, there, you know, that upgrade would have been better as a bid. Mm -hmm. uh, every matchup, well, maybe not every matchup, but every tournament, it would have been better as a bid. Uh, so it's interesting to see where those extra points fall in these triple aces list, or what kind of extra tools you can get uh, for these ships. Lots of toys. Lots of toys. So at at this point, we got two different versions of Vader. We had Defender Vader and X1 Vader show that, uh, hey, still alive and well. Next, we got Brian Lindemood bringing some scum jank. Uh, shout out to uh, Belinda Mood in our chat uh, who, was, who was there who learned – uh, that Greedo doesn't work the same way in 2.0 as it does in 1.0. It only took him four years to figure it out, but it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Marcel, uh, what did he bring here? So he brought uh, Bosk with Marksmanship and Greedo and Jamming Bean, Dead Man Switch, and Houndstooth with the Nash the Pup uh, and Dead Man Switch on the Nash the Pup as well. And then he also brought Teltravera with Cutthroat, Jamming Ming, Contraband, Cybernetics, Hull Upgrade, Punishing One, uh, Punishing One, and R5TK, which is the one that allows you to shoot yourself, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, then shoot your Fen friendly Rao. ships, yeah. Yeah, yeah, shoot your friendly ship. And then Fen Rao with uh, Predator. So I just want to know how often did um, Fen... I mean, the kind of little stuttering. How often did Teltravera kill Bosk or Nashta in order to <laughs> guarantee a damage on something, especially because they're initiative four? So you can shoot with Bosk. You know, Bosk, mm -hmm. if you're playing against like an initiative six or something like that, initiative five, you shoot with Bosk, you get that out of the way, you know it's going to die. So just um, go ahead and take your shot with uh what's his name take your shot with tell to guarantee the kill on on you know like the damage with the dead switch or just I, to do a lot of damage and then the other question i had is when national pub comes out 
Uh, being that it's initiative, same initiative, it doesn't engage. So, okay, so the fir first question was, Brian knew of that plan uh, when we were talking about it. He was like trying to do the R5TK uh, ability where someone's like, oh, I don't want to kill the pup because it's at one health and I'm at range one of it. Uh, or another situation where uh, say you have like a, a squirrely ace uh, who I uh, was refusing to get into range one of the YV666 box, but then in, in engagement, you deploy the pup into range one of it. Um, I don't think he ever actually pulled that off uh, effectively, um, but uh, I, I know that he always had it on his mind. Um, actually, the, the games we saw, the pup survived both times, which I thought was awesome. And did some work. Was killing yeah. ships as Dude, well. Dude, it was, I mean, it was it's, not a, it's still a Z95. It's, it's a yeah. fully functional Z, well, three health Z95. Three health, yeah. So, um, um, so what, what was your other question yeah. about firing? Yeah. It, the, okay. So if the, if Bosk has not engaged yet, he is allowed to fire. So if, if my four, if I'm first player and initiative four and I kill Bosk, he can deploy and shoot. But if I'm, uh, I don't know, uh, initiative three and kill Bosk, the pup can't come out and shoot so me then. So basically the way it would need to work is if somebody's behind Bosk, Bosk has no arc to shoot at anybody. Right. Um, you can kill Bosk yourself, force him to, I mean, take Nashta out of the back and basically shoot that way uh yeah yeah you can do that, or that way, because you don't have like an i5 that way so you just go and sure i mean most of the time though the enemy is just going to do that for you you won't need r5 mm -hmm. tk but it does uh allow like say an i6 arc dodger like those soon tiers or duchesses or something sneaks in and gets behind bosk you can deploy out the back and uh get a shot back on them then as well uh, and I think we we had a long discussion about Dead Man Switch. I think Dead Man Switch triggers the moment you get the damage cards, and the pup comes out before you're removed, mm -hmm. so you don't actually damage your pup from the explosion. Yep. Even though that picture, the awesome picture of it, would seem like it, <laughs> the explosion would go off after the pup uh, comes out of it, but no, it's it's actually before. Oh, especially like the pup can only come out with emergency deployment, so it has to take mm -hmm. a damage due to the due to those rules. So it comes down a shield. Um, I guess that's true. It yeah. is blowing up, and it like does hurt the shields when it comes out. So that's well, it fair. hurts the hull, isn't it? A da uh, damage card. That's uh, first edition. Oh, no. not anymore. It no, used to be. It oh. now it's a critical damage, but the pup has shields. So if so, you like a tie fighter coming out of a Gonzadi or something, sure, you're going to take a a face up damage card. I would suggest. If you don't know your emergency deployment rules, check out our X-Wing Quick Tips. It was one of our first episodes of that that we put out. Uh, uh, I will tell you it was November 2018. Publish that one. All right. Check it out. YouTube.com. I'm pretty sure like 90% or more of the audience need to be reminded everything about the docking and emergency deployment <laughs> rules during any game with this on it. Well, there you go. Facts. <laughs> so that is uh that was brian's list super cool to see the pup out there it's the first time that we have seen a docked z95 have 
any value in a list and, and do this well. I was extremely uh, excited uh, and surprised. So, he's not so much of it. He was putting upgrades on it. That's Jim. right. He spent points. <laughs> it was already cheap. It's like, I need to make it a little more expensive. Just a bit. <laughs> wow. So watch out for those Nash Top Pumps, man. They, they, can, uh, they can bite you. They can bite you for sure. All right. Now we're going to continue the top eight. We had uh, Sean here. Sean uh, bringing our first first order list on uh, on our on our top uh, list of lists. What do we got here, Will? All right. So this is a modified malware uh, with the points changes to uh, the FO cadets. Uh, the the first order fighter, I guess there's first order. I mean, anyways, the regular die FOs, that's what I think they're called. Uh, when they went up in points, it changes around a little bit, but the main part is Commander Malaris giving out rerolls uh, and strains uh, to ships or friendly ships around it who rolls a blank. Uh, the twist in this one, though, is sneaking in a silencer, that Sinar Jameis engineer, uh, in addition to the four other uh, cadets. Uh, Sean was talking about how, where I was like, oh, well, are you rocking, like, sensitive controls so you can kind of, like, avoid the other I-1s? And he's, uh, he mentioned that, no, no, no. The coordinate on Malorus being able to double reposition at I-5 was far more valuable. Uh, and that's uh, some pretty uh, interesting uh, thinking as well, because uh, that is your the in-game ship. I guess it would be the in-game ship, far more than Malorus or mm -hmm. any of the you know individual cadets. Uh, so being able to keep it safe uh, being able to, you know, arc dodge with that board information was uh, very helpful. Plus, uh, you're getting a three-die gun uh, in there as well to really bust through some of those uh, defensive token stacking ships uh, like uh, Vader Defender or, I don't say, Lone Wolf yeah. Django. <laughs> yep. So really cool to see a uh, you know another swarm archetype uh, do really well. Sean Quinn making it into the top eight. Now we have the next iteration of Darth Vader showing up in our top cut here in our next list. Go ahead and take it, Ryan. We have the very rarely seen double decimator list. One of the two ship lists that made into the cut. We have the most commonly taken Rear Admiral Shiranu with Ruthless, Moff Jerderod, Novice Technician, Your Darth Vader Crew, Proton Bombs, and Hull Upgrade. A uh, couple things to really point out here that's kind of out of the norm. Now with no bids, we can put as many stuff and go up to 200. I'm Though pretty confident to say that two points of novice technician, which is also on Oiken, saved these ships like pretty hard because there's some crits that are really really bad on decimators. Mm -hmm. Your damaged engines, your weapons failures, your uh, damaged sensor arrays. Those are pretty pretty bad and not and these ships do not like wasting their actions on those cards no. hull breach is 
terrifying on these things. Um, want none at all. So I think it's actually like, even though it's only two points, it was never taken before. It's sneaky, really, really good for these ships. Um, and then we had Oiken who ran Intimidation. So one last hurrah for Intimidation. As we know, AMG has mentioned, they are banning Intimidation because of the new bump rules. Mm -hmm. uh, Seventh Sister to provide that force point also for Oiken, but also uh, Seventh Sister's effect is still pretty good. Um, novice technician, like I mentioned, also proton bombs, also hull upgrade, and Dauntless was actually on Oiken instead of Rack. Um, and then combined together, when you have both those ships, and normally a lot of people kind of miss the heydays for people who played it or watched it of the decimators having boost. Mm -hmm. You can have boost, you just got to put the crew Moff Jerjerod in there, but it's a system phase boost. But as we see more and more, these system phase reposition actions are still really valuable. And a big base with boost is significantly valuable. You just got to plan out what maneuver you're going to do after that system phase more effectively to get the most out of it. Now, I know we had Andrew on stream once yep. when he faced Jesse uh, with the triple aces. I thought um, that game started pretty good for Andrew with the double dice. He take it out soon tier early. But Jesse played an extremely good range three controlling game to pick away, do the fifth brother crit, do the Vader crits on these decimators. Um, I wonder if Andrew had a different flight path against some other ships because he did decide to keep both arcs pointed forward and back and run them kind of close to each other. Mm -hmm. I wonder how often he may have tried doing, pointing the rear Ambleshare new arc out the side kite while Oiken kind of slams in forward and back. That's at least something that I think would be more effective, but obviously he flew it to success anyway. So it might be yep. it might be the problem with uh Moff Jared Gerard. You do have to both boost using the same template. So it'd probably be easier if you're just doing the same yeah, uh, lane, if that makes sense. So yeah, one of the cool things that we got to see was him do this with Moff Jerjerod and the maneuver, this big sweep of the decimators. It caught, there was a, in the opening, it caught Jesse off guard. You, he caught Suntir, I think it was Suntir, and almost took him out in the first no, no, turn. No, he died. Yeah. No, he did, he did die. Okay, it wasn't two, an almost. Two shots. All no, right. Two shots and gone. Goodbye, yeah, Suntir. The, 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 the plan there, it was, it just, the decimators, if they felt like they came out of nowhere. They just whoosh. They were there, and uh, in uh, in the chat here, uh, Paul Olson is a is a squad mate of Andy of Andrew uh, Cheryl, saying that uh, in testing uh, he was thinking either novice technician or agile gunner, and it turns out that novice technician was way better. Uh, so, because I remember, do you remember, Will? Some people were like, "Why isn't he taking agile gunner?" Uh, it got him all the way into the top eight. So you agile know, it gunner must is be good. I mean, both of them just provide an extra action, basically. Yep. And that's uh, because these ships rely so much on their reinforce to mm -hmm. keep them, you know, healthy long term. Uh, they need to get as many extra actions as possible. Yeah. So I played against Andrew. He was the uh, second game. Well, he was the first game that I lost. Duncan was the second game. Uh, so it was my first loss. And yeah, that, uh, like you said, that boost and then bank in. Mm -hmm. uh, the range was 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 um, w was more than I expected. Uh, 
so that that gets a lot of range and he did fly him against me like he put him in one corner and then he kind of flew them together with the arcs pointing forward and funny enough um i made a really bad mistake like mental mistake on that one so i did a, a in the first round i ignored oiken and shot at rack uh he was reinforced so he didn't take too much damage but it was still into the home and i did a crit i did a uh engine damaged engine so it turns around yeah. and he risked the he risked it you know he's like the novice yeah, ignition roll yeah and he rolled a hit so he fixed the damaged engine into a hull breach so he had to flip a hull breach and then i tried to get too cute and be like oh i'm gonna you're not gonna shoot me anymore and uh the next turn i only shot him with two ships to not really take advantage of the hull breach and he ended up fixing it again with a novice uh technician instead of just like coming in but um yeah, I thought that was funny. Like going fixing damaged engine into into a hull breach. He was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a really, really, it 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 does a ton of damage because Oiken is um, target lock and uh, seventh sister almost every turn, and then of course you know rear admiral is just putting out a ton of damage with a bunch of crits. It's 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 um it's a super. And and the the amount of hole, what is that like, seventeen hole on each? On each, it, yeah, that's that's a chunk of damage. Like even for uh, and and reinforced a lot of the time as well. It's just really hard to chew through. So right right there, you know we we have uh, let, here we go. Let, this we have one more top eight list. I'll go ahead and take this one. Uh, Matt Carey, one uh, friend of the show, and uh, one of the Midwest scrubs out of the Arch Alliance. Um, another completely different squad, and we're gonna we're, let's hit that in a minute here. We got Luke Skywalker tossing out the ion torpedoes, and of course S foils. You got Kanan Jarrus. This is Kanan in the VCX 100. Okay, and then you also had Ahsoka Tano um, as well. And you know, in in our our current meta, what we had been seeing, we've been seeing a lot of Ahsoka. Uh, Luke is kind of a, a ship that pops in and out of list. Wedge has been more preferred by most people, uh, but to see the VCX 100 in combination with all with uh, with Luke and uh, and Ahsoka, all these three Force users, uh, Matt was able to do some work. He was able to do some work. He ended up losing uh, in the top eight to the eventual champion. Hey, if you're going to lose, lose to the champion. Um, and I put the, that's the wrong Ahsoka. Wrong one. One more time. Sorry about that. There you go. But uh, the amount of force available in this list, the, then Kanan being able to use stability while a friendly ship in your firing arc defends, you may spend one force if you do the attacker rolls, one fewer attack die, uh, got used a lot. So And Kanan out there with the four dice gun, able to, able to take big swings. And one of the weapons that we saw, uh, the one game that we did get to see Matt play he utilized all of the ion weapons that he brought he had ion missiles on ahsoka ion cannon on 
Kanan and Ion Torpedoes. And using that, he was able to, uh, in addition to with Kanan's ability and Reinforce, he was able to use it to make sure that the opponent had less shots on Kanan because one of the liabilities there is, is the zero agility, similar to the Decimators, and, um, and was able to just have something to punch through and, and keep the keep the ships alive you're taking away range bonuses and so of course ahsoka out there at initiative five uh giving kanan with some better information at a higher initiative uh, an additional action if you need to really solid squad there from matt carey um the ion control plus big punching defensiveness I'm, of luke super I'm good su i'm surprised we didn't see more ion control i mean matt, matt was laughing about it when we were talking i was just like all the dial peeking is banned in this tournament, but you know it's not banned. Making people do a one forward. Uh, I turns out I know what's on your dial because I made it. So uh, <laughs> I I think that's uh, that's a just genius level um, combination of pilots, right? Because like yeah, I can say Ion's good, but like this list uh, uses utilizes it effectively. Yeah, and I think on top of that, uh, you're having <clears throat> pilots that gel together in ways that some people may not think normally, where you have, once you do provide that ion control, now you have the ability for that VCX to successfully, if the ion goes past, hop over with a 4K, or at least know where, like you said, where a ship's going to be. But also Kanan's ability, a lot of time the reason Luke gets burned down is people providing more dice over the dice defensively that he can create. Kanan's ability limits that potential because, as it says, while a friendly ship in your firearm defense, you can spend a force and the attacker rolls one fewer die. And you say, okay, I'm going to shoot Kanan. If you shoot Kanan, he has Magva Yaro crew, which is, has been a crew that we have not seen used effectively in a long time because there's not a lot of rebel ships that want to add the cost of magva on there um because a lot of them tend to be higher initiatives so you don't get the value of magva until later but magva yaro saying after you defend if the attack hit likely to hit against the vcx you may acquire lock on the attacker now you have a lock double force shot back at you with four dice that's gonna be a or bad day on turret or an ion <laughs> turret that's really well accurate that it's also really sad to get ion like we mentioned yeah, absolutely awesome. So with that, just looking at the top eight, uh, VCX Ion Control Squad, Double Decimators, Malrus Swarm, uh, kind of like a, a, a scum mix, Imperial Aces, Vader Mini Swarm, uh, Fire Spray Plus, and a Separatist Swarm. Eight completely different lists to make it uh, into into the top cut really cool to see such a such a breadth of uh, of different lists here now we're, we're gonna go speed round through the top 16 uh for some other really cool stuff and uh, even through this top 16 you're not gonna see too many uh there are gonna be some repeats but not as uh not there's still a plenty of variety here we go let's get ready to hit the gas uh ryan you start us off all right, we got Alex Farley running double fire spray, Kashku with triple zero seismic charges, rig cargo shoot, hull upgrade, Marauder, and BT-1. Boba Fett with lone wolf seismic charges, hull upgrade, delayed fuses, and slave one. 
Double Fire Spray is good, still good in Scum, and you have Boba Fett. It's hard to knock against it. Kashka's a mini Boba when things are stressed. There's a lot of things that like linked actions, therefore stressed. <laughs> I'm the Boba now. Marcel, take the next one. William McDavid in our top 16. All right. Uh, brought a Separatist list with General Grievous, Composure, and Imperium Plating, and a Solus one. Zam with uh, the Zamfire Spray with Composure, Count Dooku, Thermal Detonators, and DBS 404 uh, with Advanced Proton Torpedoes, DRK 1 Probe Droids, and Landing Strut. So, three ship Separatist uh, list. Now that, that's kind of like a classic. We've been seeing. We've yeah, we've saw that one a lot. The composure is just an interesting choice, but yeah. yeah. I'm afraid I'm gonna mess up my boost. Will. All right. After that uh, is Paul Olson. Uh, we were talking about the other separatist squad uh, in the cut here. Uh, they all are separatist drones. Those are the I three uh, vultures with grappling struts. Uh, no independent calculations relying on network calculations. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. And then rounding out the squad is DGS uh, 286. That's the HMP who likes to steal uh, calculates uh, when he engages with thread tracers, Kraken, and of course, repulsor stabilizers. Uh, so not only can you hold Kraken, uh, calculates to guarantee the thread tracer is able to be shot um, but you also then can uh get everybody tracer missiles and remember paula talking that uh really went back and forth on probe droids for tracers uh, but in this iteration it seemed to work out pretty good for him then we have Josh Bartlett bringing our first iteration, uh, our first showing up of the Galactic Republic. We have two Jedi Knights with calibrated laser targeting. Oddball in the Y-Wing. Oddball in the Y-Wing with Tier Fawn Belly Run, Ion Cannon Turret, Proton Torpedoes, R4 Astromech, and Synchronized Console. That is a thick oddball and then anakin skywalker with malice predator synchronized council that is the eight of two uh anakin skywalker there so tier fawn belly run is a, is a card that uh we haven't seen and uh, really take any play but i think the reason for uh for taking it is with the new rules the new obstacle rules is an opportunity maybe to see uh, see some play here for uh, for Y wings uh, reads can you you can perform special attacks even while at range zero of asteroids while you defend if you are at range zero of an obstacle attack dice cannot be rerolled so giving uh, giving oddball a little bit of defensive tech and maybe allowing it to go into spaces where other people normally would fear going let's get a thick oddball it's so it's oh my goodness but hey it worked out you got it to the top 16 we got to talk to josh and be like how teach us the way of the oddball please <laughs> right all right we got andrew lippins running a somewhat uh emergent archetype within resistance i believe that is the uh hero the uh, Heralds of Hope Poe, Commander Poe, uh, Jess Pava with M9G8, Red Squad Expert with R6D8. The friendly bullseyes give me a reroll. 
uh, droid, and then Kaz with R5. So it's the Kaz, the expert with the predator droid, Jess, and then Commander Poe. Uh, very streamlined force resistance, just a different flavor of it that gets the I6 with the double action for more people, not just Poe every other turn. Yeah, Rerolls everywhere. What's up? Good question. So um, when I was writing back uh, on the taxi, I was I was watching a game between Andrew versus the um, the FO Swarm. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I was almost certain that Andrew beat the F full swarm because I remember they had... or what no it was a different no. list never mind he was flying the FO not swarm he was yeah yeah no yeah there he, were yeah. two FO swarms of the exact same type in the top cut okay so it was a different one that it that was on correct okay yes. got it mm -hmm. yeah but Andrew Andrew did not win that game he did not he not, did not win versus uh versus that a little bit of tough no I think Andrew did play against Sean he did play. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I thought think it was the other way around. I thought that Andrew beat Sean. Mm -mm, it was, it was, it was a nail biter. It came close, we're pulling, but we're pulling up the challenge bracket right now. We're gonna challenge. get to the bottom. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. <laughs> uh, do you recall for when you saw him on stream? Did he choose to M nine G eight lock Poe or Kaz? Kaz. Uh, started started he, with he, Kaz, and then Kaz died like in. <laughs> the opening, know. the opening engagement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he immediately locked Poe uh, to get mm -hmm. Poe rerolls. Then <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, I might be wrong. I might be mixing up because it was after a flight, and I was just like in and out. Um, no, I think you're right. The resistance did win that, but um, we'll double shark on him. I'll, I'll report back with that. Yeah, uh, we can go with the, the next bracket. One. The next one was Michael Sochimito. Um, yeah, Sochimito. With Flying Dengar, Autoblaster. I dare any of you to read his last name like that. Uh, Dengar with Autoblaster, Greedo, Overtune Modulator. So that's interesting. Punishing one title and R5P8, which is the re-roll droid. And then um, Fen Rao with Fearless and Old Turok with Fearless. So a 566 uh, list here that, that hits relatively hard. Very cool. And we have Joshua Miles with another resistance. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you can keep going. I, I There was a pause, so I was going to start it, but you're good. All right. Joshua Mills with another uh, resistance list. We have Poe Dameron, uh, Marksmanship, R4, R4 Astromech, Overdrive Thrusters integrated. This was the um, – I don't – I'm not 100% sure. Is this the – I think this was the Trigger Happy Flyboy. Uh, yes, it's Trigger Happy one. Flyboy, Poe. Yeah, Trigger Happy Flyboy. Then we had Zori Bliss. We have a Resistance Y-Wing uh, showing up here. R4 Astromech, Wartime Loadout, Proton Torpedoes, and then Ray with the Falcon title. We I believe we saw Joshua on stream early uh, during a Swiss match. Uh, Zori, unfortunately, didn't do much in uh, in that in that match, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Ray did a lot of the work, but did a good job of not keeping the ships together, letting them... They're all pretty good independent of each other as long as you're just not letting one out to dry. And, of course, Ray is the, the hammer in that list. And Poe... Is the bait. 
All right. And then we have Wine and Court, the last of our top 16. Will? Sorry, I just had to cough there. Anyways, uh, uh, cohort here, he has uh, the uh, Rebel Squadron. Uh, this is Hera with Fire Control System and Jamming Beam and Ion Cannon and Stabilized foils. Uh, we got Jake uh, with Marksmanship and Proton Rockets. Lieutenant Blount uh, without any upgrades. Arvel uh, with Intimidation and Predator. And rounding out the squad is AP5 with K2SO and the Phantom title for fun. Uh, so we've actually seen this archetype in one of our, I think it was actually Wayne flying it as well, in the um, Galactic series and basically being able to just force feed uh, Hera a lot of these actions uh, between AP5, K2SO, things, uh, and Jake. Uh, then setting up uh, Arvel with that intimidation. And uh, we see another instance of ion cannons as well for a little bit of control. I think he was running Sinch Laser Cannon before. Uh, and they switched over to ions. Yeah, switched over to ions because you get the range one. Mm -hmm. you get, being able to double tap those cannons with the stabilized S foils at range one, two four dice attacks. Uh, so a thick B wing out there. Uh, with uh, a bunch of little support ships, support <laughs> in quotation marks. Um, so yeah, a, be a beautiful just rebel salad out there. All righty, and that are our, those were our top sixteen list. If you're listening or watching later on, we will include the link to the list fortress. So you can take a look to your heart's content at the rest of the list, uh, as well as the stats that uh, Ryan put together. But uh, I, I will say overall, my friends, I am really happy really happy with how this event went a lot of awesome games that came down to the wire on stream list diversity uh positive attitude about the upcoming changes and uh, we got to see some obstacles absolutely brutalize people and it was entertaining i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Uh, just one last thing. Uh, yeah, I think we're just re misremembering uh, that that matchup. Uh, the the foes uh, took it handedly. Uh, Sean did beat Andrew in that I matchup. I thought so. I thought I thought I thought so. The, a lot of ships went down early, which is what yep. I think we're remembering. But uh, the the silencer popped in the opening, yeah, and then we were yeah, like, "Uh oh." <laughs> yeah, we're like, "Well, what are they? Can they do now?" And yeah. it turns out having Malaris rerolls all the time, uh, and just having more, it was it was really just a race of red dice, and uh, the FO just had more basically. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we commented on throughout the games was also starting to set our minds on the upcoming rules for for bumping and some of the the, the changes that are coming with the objectives and, and different scenario play. Uh, I would suggest go, if you haven't watched the games yet, if you are a Twitch subscriber, you can watch them now. Uh, YouTube fam, we're going to be getting those uh, to 
to to Will to start putting up on on YouTube here in the next couple days, and uh, you should start seeing those roll out. It's a lot of games. It's 15 games, so uh, you have plenty plenty of content to get through. And uh, it was interesting to, to to think about what some of the positioning would be in the in the future, some of the consequences that we might have, and I'm looking forward to see what we get in the future. We're going to uh, I'm gonna we're gonna do some closing statements here in a minute here, uh, but we're gonna cut cl- cl- cut it off a little bit earlier today just because uh i am super tired <laughs> and uh i i have some family time that i gotta i gotta take care of um yeah so marcel how was your time in at uh at las vegas um I, i'd say overall good um you know the the first match was um probably the 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 least enjoyable one for things outside of my control mm-hmm. uh the opponent was great it's just things played out in a certain way that it just made it less enjoyable um not opponent's fault at all the following four matches i went you know two and two with the, the following four matches i think three and two and i had a great time i had a um in, in every uh, really great opponents i had a great time uh even in losing it was it was very close games and um Win or lose when they're close and they're and and the opponent is is a good sport, you know it's it's gonna be fun. Win or lose, so really great time, uh, great time in Vegas. I think with also with the X Wing people and just hanging out with you guys, hanging out with uh, other people that that um, I knew from before or meeting new people that I met uh, that I met for the first time or at least for the first time in person was great. And um, you know, big big. Um, a lot of respect and a lot of love for Kayla because, um, you know, for you, those of you who, a lot of you know, a lot of you don't know, uh, we had our room broken into while we were sleeping in Vegas. And all in all, the people that broke in stole about $1,400, which would damper most people's spirits. And, of course, we were kind of like busted up about it when we woke up and found out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think you know Kayla and I. That happened, you know, that that was on from Saturday to Sunday. No, from Friday to Saturday. Yeah, from yeah. Friday to Saturday. And Kayla and I woke up and we're like, well, you know, we can either be pouty about it, um, or just you know, it is what it is. And we still enjoyed the rest of the trip. I mean, we still went out on on Saturday, had a good time when. Uh, uh, casino hopping with Dion and the boys <laughs> for, uh, you know, the rest of Saturday night. And we had a great time. And again, uh, you know, Kayla, uh, just, you know, between me and her, just choosing not to let that be the defining, mm-hmm. you know, being not letting it be the defining moment of, of the trip. It's just something that happened. We said, well, just hawk it up to maybe it was like a medical expense or something like that. Just think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was all good. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was awesome seeing you guys wish Ryan would have been there. Would have been nice to see Ryan as well. But uh, I think we're getting close to classic time, aren't we? The Ghost so Squadron classic we'll time? Him. Yeah. <laughs> Might be getting close to that time, maybe. Anyway, great time. Love seeing everyone. 
Now, I'm going to bounce it to Ryan. Ryan, as an observer, I know you were probably in and out of streams. Uh, what, what was what was your uh, your thoughts on, on some of the competition, some of the lists, your overall feelings? So to be 100% honest, I don't think I paid attention to streams as much as I did uh, this weekend as ever in the past. Like Football? I... No, 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 no. I mean, like, this weekend, I paid more attention than I ever have had before. Oh, okay, got it, got like, it. Like, wouldn't be on my TV, but I'd be like, phone, Twitch, what's going on? Who's winning? How's it going? Where's Who's doing what? Like, seeing how things were going way more often than I, than I ever used to. It, it, you know, it's, it's the first big one back. There's more people that I remember and know and miss there and see how they're doing and how the games are going, conversations in Discord. Uh, there's even the, uh, the Carolina Crates Discord. They they encouraged people to join up in a large chat room and just voice chat together while the games are going. So that was fun. Even people that weren't there were able to all talk amongst each other while the games were going, have a little bit of fun, side conversations, enjoy some beverages, so on and so forth. Um, so it was, from our perspective, or from my perspective, beyond take care of you know my my new little guy ali and um making sure mama's doing good and checking in on twitch more more often uh it was very enjoyable to see it back on the table and uh, i hope uh yourself dion and will enjoyed your time i appreciate you'll go over this uh commentating and casting and hope you didn't wear yourselves out too much and uh Marcel, I hope you enjoyed your time with the Nash Swarm. I'm not sure your thoughts on continuing to use it in the future. If it was just kind of like I'm using it for now, maybe try something else in the future. Sensitive controls is amazing fun. I might try it on the silencers <laughs> as well. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Will, what about you? How was your time? Do you want to think? <laughs> Other, other than uh, a couple uh, walks on the strip, I was pretty much with you all the time, Dion. So mm-hmm. you know how my weekend went. But for the um, for everybody else, uh, I had a great time. Uh, there was, uh, and I'm, I don't. It's it's always weird to uh, get so much praise uh, for for what we do. Um, but it is really nice to hear all of that feedback and, uh, how it has like affected people and how it's, you know, kept them in the game and their community, um, still going after all this time, uh, is really humbling. And like, that's, it really motivated me to, you know, try harder and to never give up. Even if, even if we're on three, four hours of sleep, uh, you know, eating just, uh, you know, donuts for breakfast or whatever, just, uh, getting that extra push, to press on and, um, you know, do, do the things we need to do and make sure everything runs smooth. So, uh, but beyond that, I mean, our time in Vegas, I had a great time meeting a bunch of new people. I mean, a lot of the people at the tournament are, uh, we'll say regulars, right? Mm-hmm. People we've known for years and stuff, but, um, uh, it was a chance for people who had always, you know, heard online about tournaments and things and conventions and whatnot. Uh, had, it was a chance for them to come out. And I was, I was able to meet a lot of great people um, who uh, 
I had an absolute blast with I, like I said I, I, uh, I think it was Saturday I was just laughing so much uh, and like screaming over the convention hall I was starting to lose my voice but um, yeah I had an absolute amazing time man could not complain at all yeah, thank you to uh, to everybody who who came up, said hi, had a good time, and uh, looking forward to continuing these uh, these awesome in person competitive streams. One of the things that excited me as well, we had a lot of regulars there, but there was also a lot of new faces, which is always exciting to see. One of the things that we had been talking about in the prep for LVO was there was there's a lot of X-wing players that jumped on board during quarantine when there were no in-person events and we're going to sooner rather than later we're going to start seeing more and more names that are new that that are new to the game start popping up and I'm excited to see that evolution in the game uh, and that new blood and we're coming up on uh, on Adepticon, the Gold Squadron Grand Championship, where there is a very high likelihood that this will be the first premier event that has all of the new scenarios, all the new rules implemented, and it is going to be a ride. It is going to be a ride. Um, Vegas, we'll see if uh, if if the event rolls happens again. Uh, you know, we'll bring you bring you that uh, bring you that coverage. But it has been uh, it has been great. It has been great to see the people again. Uh, we were joking, Will. Uh, you know, people were bringing their tribute to the Dymo. We people were bringing us uh, cards and things <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, like, it was it was fun. <laughs> and it was it was awesome because all that stuff goes into the the GSP prize packs and the the, the prizes that we ship out to people, um, and that's one of my favorite ways to when people have these localized cards that they make for themselves to be able to get them out to different people in the world. It's super fun, and uh, I, I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, but yeah, it is it is going to be great. And I'm looking forward to the next in-person event. The next in-person event that we will be at, uh, I believe, is going to be the Crossroads Classic. And um, it's I, it's not going to be as big as LVO. It's just the reality of, of the size of the place and stuff. But uh, I expect it to be competitive because uh, the, the Indiana crew uh, is usually pretty competitive. So we'll, uh, we'll see who else makes the drive out there. And, uh, and then, of course, after that, we'll be live for... Adepticon. So that should be a good time. I don't think I have anything else to say. Thanks for watching. Always split aces. Gold Squadron out. <laughs>